Welcome to Old Fashioned Finance, the podcast that mixes cocktails and high finance. I'm your host, Caleb Frankert, and I'm joined by my good friend and fellow money muddler, Jason Burnell. Caleb, can a podcast about finance be entertaining? Not without alcohol. All right. Let's mix it up. Okay. Well, I did. I already mixed it up. You already did. (laughs) Pre-mixed. Let's drink this mixed up drink. (laughs) Well, it's not pre-mixed. It's not like I opened a can. Well, it's pre-mixed for the podcast. Yes. Aren't they all though? Yeah, that's yeah. true. I have had like <laughs> pre-mixed cocktails. Surprisingly, not that bad. The, like, Bullet the Bacardi mix ones, the Bacardi oh, ones. Oh, you're going there. Yeah. yeah well, no, I like, mean, that's a raw. I mean, I do like raw. I think so. Bullet makes like pre-mixed old fashioned. I have had one of those too. Also, not bad. No. High West does a Manhattan. What's that like? Like we a had, barrel aged man. We had a we had a good friend, our CPA friend, Brian Wright, came in. Yeah. And he brought us remember those like Oh yeah. What was that was a it was a, like an old fashioned uh oh yeah, just add whiskey. Just basically. add whiskey. Yeah. yeah. And those were really Did good. we do did we do that on we the We tried one. No, we should have though. That's hmm. a good idea. There's more of those. I haven't had that in a while. Huh. There did, we go. Is it here? Did you hear it? No, I didn't. Took it home. I don't think. If I did, I drank them all. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Which is possible that I don't remember. (laughs) Well, Jason. Yes. We're drinking gin again. I just realized Uh, this. Is that okay? It's great. All right. Well, we had all the ingredients for this one. So, you know, we heard Snoop Dogg the other day. (laughs) That was today. It it was today. Yeah. We were watching the uh, entertaining <laughs> My, enter- Michael Myers of Decatur, Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy just walks around in his mask and and costume like from October one on, and just does normal everyday life. I think behind the mask, we realize it's just another you know dopey dad like you and I. Yeah. And I could totally uh, see one of us doing this. He's driving around like a 1965 Dodge Comet. The Hearst. station wagon, or was oh, was it's it a station, station wagon? wagon. Okay, yeah. yeah, and uh, is that what was in the movies? No, 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 I don't, I don't know. No, so. I, I only watched the old ones. Well, me too. I, I mean, I watched the new ones too, but yeah, uh, I don't it know. It is, it's that season for Halloween movies, anyways. He was playing Snoop Dogg in the background, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> and pretty it was funny. pretty funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, we're drinking a casino today, Jason. Yes, casino. All right. Don't get that confused with the stock market, which people are confusing. It's just right manipulated. Now. It's just it's just it's, it's the just casino. Gambling. Sounds very pessimistic, Jason. Yes. That's it's actually gambling. That's what we're going to talk about today. The, the big people we're, they they make all the decisions. Yeah, very pessimistic of you. Stop yes. being so negative. We're talking about the seduction of pessimism today. I'm but seduced. before we do, <laughs> you yes, you are. Uh, we are going to talk about the casino. Uh, this is a drink that I pulled off of OHLQ's website, actually. Oh, interesting. Um, our I went out there to promoting drinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, our, our liquor control, yeah. Uh, I went out to their website to see, you know, if our local beverage establishment had gotten any hard to find whiskeys this week. Mm-hmm. And they put out like we do uh, often. <laughs> yeah, they put out like twelve fall themed cocktails. Yeah. Somehow this was in here. I'm not sure. Looking at the ingredients, it I'm not convinced. But let's 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 find out. What we've got here is one and a half ounces of gin. Three quarters of an ounce of maraschino liqueur. Remember that tall Luxardo bottle? Yep. 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 Interesting. That stuff that we don't use for much. A half an ounce of lemon juice. Mm -hmm. A a dash of orange bitters. Okay. Garnish with a Luxardo cherry. All right. Let's try it. Cheers. It's ugly. It's It's because I threw the cherry in. I I don't know. Any clear drink to me is a martini. So Mm. Hmm. Hmm. it's not bad. It's not bad, but it's It's almost very lemony. it's, It's too sweet for me. It's very lemony. Yeah. But yeah, not like the tart lemon. It, it's 
I think the Luxardo or the the Maraschino liqueurs. Yeah, yeah, it uh, covered it up. You know, it yeah, is it, it is kind of martini esque, isn't it? Yeah, and I guess I was preconceived notion was correct. Hmm. So it's just all right for me, dog. You know, I uh, lemon juice. I think we just need to stop. We tried. We have we used tried. it in a lot of things. I know. We tried. And you have liked it in a lot of things. I have, but. So I will not stop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what you think. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I could drink this. This doesn't. I'll, I'll tell you this. It, the, the, the reason that this falls into a fall drink category, I am not aware of that reason. I don't, no, I don't know no, why. Because it's, it's kind of a, a lighter drink. It's and, super summery, in my opinion. And gin, to me, is summer. Yeah. I mean, I probably drank. 25 gin and tonics in may you know like, yeah and now i could but, see like a pumpkin spice martini or something like well, that but we i have d- some of those picked out too we're we gonna do. try some of those we later, need to go but, grocery shopping yeah yeah but <laughs> no this this is this it's, is a it's summer summary dream. and yeah. it's not summery out today looking out the it windows is, it it, is i needed a little more i needed heat from some bourbon you know what why don't you grab that uh hardens creek over there okay Okay, we'll finish this quick. Yeah, uh, I'm hit the pause audible. button. <laughs> I'm not gonna hit the pause button. Ugh. <laughs> uh, I didn't like it the second time at all. It's just okay. All right, so this we're was gonna a get fun some bourbon to warm up now. <laughs> just a little you? bit. I have parent-teacher conferences tonight. Oh well, that you get. I know how bad your child is. So <laughs> makes sense well, to me. <laughs> the girl was Tuesday. Today is the boy. We'll see. Well, you might need a double. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, again, it wasn't horrible. I just uh, it was not good the second time I nah. drank it. I'm not. I'm. I'm not for me. There we go, bourbon, my old friend. Okay, well, Jason, let's get into it for crying out loud. All right. You the did most of the planning of, on this one. So what? You did most of the planning on this one. I did. I did some yeah. reading. Today's episode we're calling the seduction of pessimism. Sounds like a really good title. Not because we wrote it, because I pulled it out of a book. Yes. The Psychology of Money. This is a really good book, by the way. I'll I'll let you go on a little bit about this because I know you've raved about this book for years. I have. Yeah. Uh, It's just, it's like little, little stories about money. And I would, the psychology, obviously it's the, in the title, but mm -hmm. you know, different, um, I would say almost preconceived notions, Mm -hmm. um, and they, they do really tell like a story about each one of them. I mean, this is one chapter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and so I think you'll get a good idea of what the book's about. And I find behavioral finance and the study of people's behaviors with money fascinating. so fascinating. Absolutely because fascinating. Because it is almost it is almost never mathematically based. Okay. Yeah. And we do some of the strangest emotional acrobats. Acrobatic. We do, yeah, we do a lot of things to justify our emotions, which are way off usually when it comes to money. So, yeah, I mean, if you you draw, draw, like, draw a map of how some of those decisions are made, I mean, there's lots of steps to Mm -hmm. get to. Well, and then I concluded 50 steps later that this is what I should do. Yeah. Yeah. This was uh, really timely. There's a lot of pessimism out there Mm -hmm. here in Ohio. The weather isn't helping right now, but. Actually, before we walked into the podcast studio, one of our relationship managers was, I, I forget what she, she said, I'm not going to look at the market. I'm not going to look at the market. And I just jokingly, we, Jason and I, we came from the bank at yeah. one point. Yeah. And we have all been in those sales meetings, which concluded with go sell something. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. 
Ugh. I'm so, so glad to be away from that. <laughs> it's a joke around here, though. Sometimes we will just, you know, we'll joke with each other and say, go sell something. Yeah. So she said, I'm not going to look at the market today, blah, blah, blah. And I said, why don't you just stop being so pessimistic and go sell something? <laughs> ha, ha, ha. We all laughed. And then one of our other relationship managers said, she is selling something. She's selling optimism today. And I said, boy, that was the opening quote I was going to lead with on Aww. today's podcast, which is the, the beginning of this chapter, The Seduction of Pessimism. Here, here's the uh, so a quote by the author, author, Morgan Housel. We should probably plug yeah. that, right? Yeah. Optimism sounds like a sales pitch. Pessimism sounds like someone trying to help you. That is just so true. It is. It is. Pessimism is very, look, now I'm going to tell you. I'm going to let you, you in. This is, things are bad. Therefore, I'm going to let you in on a secret. Yeah. There's a conspiracy. It really does. That, that quote, that, that is a big one. Now, I'm going to lead with another quote. Oh, two quotes. I'm going to lead with another quote. That does, <laughs> see, that's not leading with a quote anymore, idiot. All right. <laughs> By uh, Deidre McCloskey, a historian. <laughs> oh, nice. I love this quote. For reasons I have never understood, people like to hear that the world is going to hell. <gasps> yeah. It's so true. And it's so easy to be wrong about it. Absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, so this isn't the quote uh, episode. The uh, you know, like like we did last week. Although right. we'll have we'll have some quotes and things like that in there. But well, I mean, let's just face it. During a period of pessimism, mm-hmm. people turn to the little quibs. Mm-hmm. You know, the things that are quips. Thank you. <laughs> I need you another. know the toothbrush company, right? The... <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that, though. People <laughs> want to hear that the world is going to hell, right? Yeah. When they turn on TV, they don't want to hear that things are okay. Yeah. They on today's hear, news. <laughs> right, they want to hear, like, it, it's almost like people thrive on tragedy. People thrive on, just they thrive on negativity, right? Like, yeah, I mean, even, if there's not a crisis, you're right, then they're bored. That's what we've become. We're bored without a crisis. Well, and isn't it that, isn't that kind of like, our society has become allergic to like being content. Yes. Well, our, I'm, I love the US of A. Me too. Right? But a lot of our foundation is pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Go make a better life for yourself. Right? Yeah, but we constantly but improving. How can, how can pessimism possibly support that? Well, that, that's a pretty optimistic stance, actually. But I, I do think it's kind of rooted in that. Uh, uh, you don't like, like you where you're said. at. Do something different. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Absolutely. Just, uh, just discontentment. So, well, okay. I'm going to share some things in this book here. Um, just talking about pessimism in general, and I wonder why we're so pessimistic, Jason. Maybe it has something to do with the media that we consume. Maybe it has to do with the, you know, the quote unquote. We've we've said this a couple times. Quote unquote financial news. Right. right. Um. You know. Uh. Get get this. So I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to take it back in time a little bit. You might remember okay. this. December 29th, 2008. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. The worst year for the economy in modern history is about to close. Sure. Stock markets around the world have collapsed. The global financial system was on day-to-day life support. Unemployment was surging. Mm -hmm. As things looked like they couldn't get worse, the Wall Street Journal of all places, the Wall Street Journal, pretty respected publication, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially in the world of finance. Absolutely. Published a story arguing that we hadn't seen anything yet. It ran a front page article. I'm, I'm reading this, by the way, from the oh book. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it ran a front page article on the outlook of a Russian professor named Igor Panarin. 
Oh, he's a smart guy. <laughs> Do you know him? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whose economic views rival the flair of science fiction writers. The journal <sighs> wrote... Around the end of June 2010 or early July. I'm melting inside right now, just so you know. <laughs> the U.S. will break into six pieces with Alaska reverting oh to Russian God. control. California will form the nucleus of what he calls the Californian Republic and will be a part of China under Chinese influence. Texas will be the heart of the Texas Republic, a cluster of states that will go to Mexico. Texas! Fall under Mexican influence. Washington, D.C. and New York will be a part of the Atlantic America that may join the European Union. Canada will grab a group of northern states. Professor Panarin calls the Central North American Republic. Hawaii, he suggested, will be a protectorate of Japan or China. And Alaska will be subsumed into Russia. Wow. I mean. Wow. So at, at the, not quite at the bottom, right? Right. But, but things were Pretty were dang rough. close. I mean, by March, April of 09, we were starting to bounce on the bottom. Okay. So the very respected Wall Street Journal published this. You ain't Front seen nothing page. yet. Front page, right? I mean, this is, this is the bull crap that we put up with. Jason, but would, would that sell papers? Oh, yes, it would sell papers. But that is exactly <laughs> what that would do. And it's no different than today. And I keep asking clients. I just had meetings, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is this worse than when the pandemic started? Mm-mm. No. Okay. So why in the world are we thinking that this is something new and different? And because the media keeps telling us it is. Famous last words, remember? Yes. It's different this time. It's different this time. Jason. Okay. So <sighs> we know that pessimism sells. All right. Let's, right? let's flip this around here. Okay. Sure. I, I love the examples he uses in this book. So let's think of Japan in the late 1940s. The nation mm-hmm. was gutted by defeat from World War II in every way possible. Like economically. Gutted, they mean like bulldozed and dumped in yeah. the ocean. <laughs> economically, industrially, cultu- culturally, socially. A brutal winter in 1946 caused a famine that limited food to less than 800 calories per person per Woo! day. All right, I eat that in one sitting, no problem. Oh, uh, yeah. I eat that for a snack. <laughs> we might be drinking that right now. Imagine, imagine if a Japanese academic had written a newspaper article sounding like this. Chin up, everyone. Within our lifetime, our economy will grow to almost 15 times the size it was before the end of the war. Oh, God. Before the end of the war. Our life expectancy will nearly double. Our stock market will produce returns like an, unlike any country in history has ever seen. We will go more than 40 years without seeing unemployment top 6%. Wow. We will become a world leader in electronic innovation and corporate managerial (laughs) systems. Before long, we will be so rich that we will own some of the most prized real estate in the United States. Americans, by the way, will be our closest ally and will try to copy our economic insights. So... This is honestly that would have been crazy, but that is what happened. Right. Going back to our friend Igor and Russia... Did the United States split up into six parts? No. No. What do you think sells more? Igor, right? Igor. Igor. Never trusts a man with the name Igor. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I mean, you're right. This is, it is almost absurd. I was saying, and I always, I love history. And I go back and I can remember talking to my wife's grandmother about like World War II and the struggles they had. and, And I always go back to those time periods and I think about like the world as a, in a large part, was pretty much destroyed. It was rocked. Mm-hmm. And how, quite frankly, the human race um, pulled up their bootstraps. Um, the country and our allies, uh, the United States and our allies, banded together to rebuild these places. 
And, you know, I, I think about, you know, some of, even some of the, uh, kind of what I would consider racist comments that my grandfather, who was a world war two, yes, would say about the Japanese, the socially acceptable comments at yeah, the time at yeah. the time. And, you know, and I, and to think that we were somehow friends with them now is almost is it is it's it really is mind boggling mm-hmm. and it didn't yes, the take, mind boggles it wasn't like it took it didn't take 50 decades it took like three yeah yeah things move quickly innovation uh moves quickly um you know there is this mentality jason that and we might have even talked about this a little bit on previous podcasts but mm-hmm. uh there's this idea that um that optimism is is equal to naivety right like well okay sure. things are getting saying that things, yeah let's if we did a poll of our of our clients and our listeners how many people do you think would say that things are getting better in the world <laughs> it would be under 30 percent, i think I, I think that's an understatement probably but yeah. let's be honest the truth is the truth for most of you listening for most of our clients sure Things continue to get a little bit better. Sure do. Year over year over year. Yeah. Right. Sure, there are bumps along the way. Sometimes there's job loss and things like that. Yeah, but for absolutely. the most part, the world gets better for most people. Now, this isn't a commentary on morality or right, from a religious right. aspect or anything no, like no, that. No. That's not that's not the scope of this. But as far as the economy goes, as far as finance goes and all of that, things tend to get better. I remember, you know, hearing those reports or you hear it on the radio all the time. Well, you know, now that we have this new administration, is your life better than it was four years ago? Every time I hear that, I go, well, yeah, yeah, yeah things have gotten better for right. me, right? I've had more time to go out and earn. And right. Pay, you know, I mean, even just from a balance sheet perspective. So one know. of the examples I, I thought was really interesting as far as why it's so easy to buy into the, the, the seduction of pessimism uh, is... You know, we, we just talked about from a financial perspective, it's something that tends to affect everybody in big numbers, right? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, as the book calls, ubiquitous, right? So, yeah, something, you're, so you're kind of in it together. Is that what you mean? Yeah. 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 So when something bad happens, it tends to affect everybody. Yep. Okay. Yep. Unlike things like natural disasters, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can see on TV a, a hurricane that just went through Florida and go, right. man, that's really bad. We're not really affected by it. Yeah, and unfortunately, most people forget about that stuff right. too, too quickly. Well, and, and what takes over the headlines again are inflation numbers and things like that, right. right? Because it affects everybody. And some of the interesting points in this book, you know, they talked about the Great Depression and how at the time of the stock market collapse, only about two and a half percent of Americans owned stock in right. the stock market. Right, exactly. However, everybody began to act like they owned stock in the stock market. They mm-hmm. started their economic uh, activity slowed down right. because of that, even though two and a half percent, two and a half percent were economically affected by the crash. Again, initially, I think, I think you would. Uh, we talked about this last week in our team meetings here, at Blue Jay, like we were like talking about the instinct, like your natural instinct is to go and kind of put your head in the sand when mm-hmm. the news is bad. And, you know, during a period of time, like we're in right now where things are kind of confusing, you know, cue the green day song, wake me, wake me up when September ends. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely yeah, seem fitting for this last September. Song. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I think that's the apps, like the wrong thing to do. Yeah. It's almost the opposite. Reaction. But but whenever we when we say that we kind of get flagged as a Pollyanna type, right? Well, yeah, but things are peachy and everything's okay. I guess uh, it's more like reminding ourselves, and maybe that's part of this. Like, you know, maybe so we don't get seduced. We should go through how to maybe avoid and things that we've done to avoid 
getting too pessimistic because I had it this morning. CPI measure came out. <laughs> you know, it was like getting you you went into it. It happened this fast. CPI measures came out. Yep. The market tanked. Yep. You went into a meeting. Yep. You came out. Yep. The Dow had turned around by oh a thousand points. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Why? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me look like a real idiot this morning. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that you know you can take some of the reasons that it's easy to be seduced by pessimism and actually turn it into a reason for optimism. So. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons that we do get seduced by pessimism is it affects everybody when it comes to finance, for the most part. Financial news tends to affect masses of people. Yep. But guess what? We're all in the same boat. Right. It's not like, well, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say it's not like your neighbor's getting way ahead and you're getting pummeled uh, because there are people who... Depends on how they react. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. Jason, another reason it's easy to, to really just buy in on the pessimism is that people often forget how markets adapt to negative situations. Mm -hmm. One of the great examples in this book was in 2008, environmentalist Lester Brown was writing about China and how their population was growing and demanding more fossil fuels. Uh Uh, And he said by 2030, China would need 98 million barrels a day of oil. Okay, (laughs) And at that point in time, the world was producing about 85 million uh, barrels of oil. So the idea there was we're going to run out in no time. Right. We're going to have an oil shortage. Okay. So you look at something, a bad headline, a bad fact or statistic as a reason to be pessimistic. Right. But what did that not factor in? Okay. Exploration. We started fracking. Sure. Finding new ways uh, to extract oil. Right. Innovation. Right. Right. And that is what our economy is built on. Absolutely. And, and that's what I try to keep telling folks. Look, we're going we're gonna to have headwinds in the markets for sure. We're, we're going to meet resistance. Uh-huh. There will always be companies that find ways to innovate, make money, and be better. And, and it well, kind of goes... Well, somebody out there right now in podcast land, okay? And they are throwing punches and they're using their machete. They're going through uncharted territory. Mm-hmm. They're doing good things and they're developing something that is going to change the world at some point, you know? And maybe not that extreme, but they're fighting to win, right? Yeah. And there's so much of that going on. And I think sometimes we forget just how uh, incredibly large our economy is. And you think about the innovations that the United States especially has done, have developed over the last 100 years. Mm -hmm. You know, again, I go back to my wife's grandmother and she, I remember her telling us a story about the time she saw her first car. And you got to think car, electricity, flushing toilets, refrigeration, air conditioning, penicillin, penicillin, <laughs> I mean, like in a hundred years time, uh-huh. you know, there were so many points that were like, didn't even think we didn't even think about like, you know, I get the comfort of watching 45 minutes of TikTok videos every day, <laughs> you know, like it's like, so when you, it's when you amazing, uh, and, and that's, that's funny. Cause it actually that brings us to the third point uh, that this author brings up in this book, mm-hmm. which is that progress happens too slowly to notice, right? but setbacks happen uh, too quickly to ignore, okay? <laughs> and that's absolutely true. Um, you know, if you think about it, like, let, let's think about the stock market, for yep. example, right? Mm-hmm. Market's up 1%, that makes no headlines, right? Right. Market's down one percent. You bet. Oh, the headline is yeah, mark. Yeah. You know, stock markets and and yeah. turmoil. What, what's yeah. what's the, the one that we co- kept hearing and during COVID? Stock markets and free fall, or what yeah, was the something like that? It was like, <laughs> oh gosh, I remember like pitchforks and like I mean literally yeah. like graphics. And 
And you're, you're right. When it's when it's up, they never, ever, ever look at a time period. So it's funny because what you just said, all those innovations that you uh, referenced in one mm-hmm. person's lifetime, mm-hmm. you could look at one year and say, well, there wasn't a whole lot of innovation. You could look <laughs> at five years, not a whole lot of innovation, even a decade at a time. Mm-hmm. But you start to lump decades together, which form a person's life, and you go, we went from what to what? Exactly. Right? So in some, someone's lifetime, we went from indoor plumbing, penicillin to TikTok. Yeah. I mean, seriously. So the example they use in this, and I love this because I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Dayton Air Force Museum, the Wright yeah. Brothers yeah. flight, right? So in Perfect. 1889, yep. the Detroit Free Pe- uh, Press published an article saying that it is impossible. Flight is impossible because for <laughs> a bird who weighs 20 pounds, it's almost impossible. And they were saying that if there could be, if there was a flying machine, it couldn't weigh more than three or 400 pounds. Well, here we are. Yeah, obviously, like, right, we're, we're flying every day stuff at um, 300 people on a plane like it's nothing. Yeah. So what year? What year was it? 1905 when the, the Wright, Wright Brothers, Brothers had something their like successful that. Something flight. Like that. Yeah. The interesting thing about that, Jason, is pessimism. It, it took like eight years after the first successful flight for people to come around and go, this is legitimate. Mm-hmm. And this has economic impact. Sure does. So it took like eight years to go from, oh, okay, so you made that big metal bird fly. <laughs> but it's just a war machine. You could sure. you could never turn that into a cargo plane. Right. You could never and then it's like people every would time, never trust that. Yeah. yeah. And every You're, time an article came out saying, mm-hmm. This is all cool, but it could never be this. Six months later, guess what we're doing? So you know, something like that, even even when innovation happens quickly, mm-hmm. adoption of this innovation does not. So nope. that's that lingering pessimism. Jason. Yeah. And I've, I've been to a conference where I had like kind of like a futurist guy talk about like the life cycles of ideas. Mm-hmm. And it was very similar to that, you know, where you have like basically straight up rejection of these ideas. And then you have folks that um, somehow it will become accepted and then it's part of our society mm-hmm. and then it disappears. Yeah. And I think of so many things in our lives, like the internet, for example, like, Oh, I'll Google that. Mm-hmm. I have unlimited information at my fingertips. I carried around in my back pocket from my office to the toilet, to my car, you know, back to my, like, that's just, I, I gotta unbelievable. go back. My dad doesn't, I'm sure. I don't know. He does have a smartphone now, so maybe he does listen to the podcast. Yeah. Jitterbug. <laughs> I, I want to go back and say in 2007, was it? When I told him, Dad, you need to buy Apple stock. Yeah. By the way, this is not an endorsement or anything. Yeah. I'm just, this is an example. I said, they're, they're working on a phone mm-hmm. that's essentially a computer in your pocket. You right. can get on the internet. You can do this, that, and yet. He said, that is the dumbest thing I have ever heard in my <laughs> life. Why would anybody want to do that? And most people can't even imagine life without it now. Right. I mean, you just can't. Um, you know, we went on a significant hiking trip this year. You know, you're out in the wilderness, you're up high, and you forget. Like, honestly, I had my phone with me. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. But you pull it out and you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It doesn't work right now. <laughs> but What's there's like, I mean, before, you know, before we wrap this up, I think like being optimistic you know guys it's like now is the time to reflect back in your in your situation and think about how much have i how much progress have i made financially in the mm-hmm. last few years where is my job situation how healthy is my family how's my faith life all of these things are like reminders when you know this news media is just bombarding you 
and just turn the doggone TV off. Yeah. Just do it. For Pessimism a is the easy way. Or it's, limited. It's the maybe, easy way, maybe, right? it's, maybe it's I, I think of the, I think of the day or something, right? The path of least resistance. I think that, and I am a cynical person at heart. A lot of times, you are. I have a, <laughs> I have a tendency to say, "Oh man, you just you live in Disney World and nothing's ever wrong." You're naive. No, you know what? I I think that quite frankly, pessimism is the easy route. Sure, optimism is the hard way. But uh, I, I mean, I'll wrap it up with another quote that I don't know who said. I think it, yeah, it might have been Warren. Gains in the stock market are permanent. Pullbacks are temporary. Mm, and I, then I'll go back to mine. If we don't recover from this one, it'll be the first one ever. Right. That's a good point. All right, Jason. That was that fun. Was good. This yeah. is a great book, by the way. The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. Uh, I could see dipping back into this, Jason, yeah, and doing definitely. a couple more chapters. In fact, I almost bought cases of this book with a bookmark in chapter 17. Yeah. The Seduction of Pessimism and Sending These to My Clients. It's a seduction. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Rise above. All Wake right. up, people. Well, thanks for having a drink with us this week, folks. It is time to close out the tab. If you have a question or a topic you want addressed on the Old Fashioned Finance Podcast, be sure to email us at podcast at bluejfg.com. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to share the show with someone you love or just someone who needs a little money muddling themselves. You can stay up to date with the latest action by following us on Facebook. Old Fashioned Finance is brought to you by Blue Jay Financial Group. That's bluejfg.com and produced by Pottery Studios. We've been your hosts, Caleb and Jason. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. I just tried this again. That's awful. Eh, it's okay. Bourbon's better. Blue Jay Financial Group, LLC. Blue Jay is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of Ohio. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The presence of this advertisement on this podcast shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to a consumer in a particular state by Blue Jay and the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. All verbal and written consent on this presentation is for information purposes only. Opinions expressed herein are solely those of Blue Jay unless other otherwise specifically cited. Material presented is believed to be from reliable sources, and no representations are made by our firm as to other parties' informational accuracy or completeness. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation.